Y'all, I know so many people who are changing jobs and some are even wanting to change careers. But change and putting yourself out there by applying for that new job or role can be scary. So let me help you prepare for that change by giving you all the secrets behind hiring supervisors and managers and what they're looking for. In my free webinar, I cover just what you need to know to develop your leadership skills now, build that resume that gets noticed, prepare for the big interview, and give that killer presentation that helps you become the standout candidate. So to get immediate access to my on-demand webinar, How to Get Promoted, just go to leadershipontherocks.com slash promoted. Again, that's leadershipontherocks.com slash promoted. Here's the truth you need to know about hiring supervisors. They will not take the time to connect the dots of what job you had and how those skills will transfer to the role that they're actually hiring for. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese, and in today's episode, we're going to learn about how to get the job you want. We're in fact in the hiring season for a ton of organizations. In episode 34, I gave advice directly to hiring supervisors on the nitty gritty of what they need to be doing now to hire you amazing employees out there. And the nitty gritty advice I gave consisted of four things. One, check yourself before you wreck yourself because your leadership skills matter. Two, fix the pipeline because growing your current employees matters. Three, Get good at marketing because promoting your leadership brand matters. And four, be intentional with hospitality, onboarding, and culture because the employee experience matters. Now, in this episode, part two of the hiring season series, I want to talk to the employees that are looking for a new job. While it may be a candidate-driven market, you and I both know that you don't want a J-O-B, you know, just a job with a paycheck. You want the job. The job is what comes with purpose that aligns to who you are. And the job comes with flexibility for what you want in the season of life that you're in. And the job that offers you the challenge and opportunity that you're looking for. So to help you get the job, not just a J-O-B, let me give you some advice as one who has hired a lot of people. And I'm not exaggerating when I say I've seen thousands of resumes and I've interviewed hundreds, if not over a thousand people. So let me give you a bird's eye view into what hiring supervisors are really looking for when it comes to resumes, interviews, and employees in general. Now, my first piece of advice is to have a more honest and zoomed out approach when it comes to job openings. So please, first, you got to understand that no perfect job exists. You know, we talked about the job, but there is no perfect job. There's no perfect boss, and there's no perfect organization. So repeat after me. Perfection doesn't exist. Let's say it again. Perfection doesn't exist. You're not going to find the perfect job that's going to fix all the problems and just make you feel amazing. When people start thinking about looking for a job, and again, they're just thinking. They're not actually looking yet. 
Their minds just run wild with all the reasons on why their current job sucks. (laughs) Their perspective becomes tainted with so much negativity. And they're going to start thinking, you know, my current job sucks because of this. And then my boss annoys me and he does that. And oh, don't even get me started on my coworkers. I'm so sick of how they do this and that. And then the whole company is a sinking ship because of this and that. When our minds and when we let our minds wonder with all those negative thoughts, y'all, it is a slippery slope down to a lot of reactive and possible just plain old bad decision making. And to add insult to injury, our minds can go down another slippery slope into thinking how a new job is going to fix all our problems and stresses. And that just isn't true. So remember that every boss, every job, every organization, it all has its own piles of fire ants and it has its own pits of snakes. And honestly, it has its own hidden thorns in its figurative yard. So remind yourself, perfection doesn't exist. Now, once you have a hold of reality and perspective into your thinking, my second piece of advice is to know your purpose, your passions, your skills, and know your seasons. So I'm going to talk about seasons first because honestly, it's just the easiest of the four areas. So what do I mean by know your seasons? I mean that you need to know your hiring seasons for the industry that you're looking to get hired in. Now, in most of the business world, the majority of job openings are going to be in January, February, or early March. Now, for education, it's going to be March and April. So why is the beginning of the year through spring really the best time to look for that new job? Well, at the beginning of the new year, companies have their new budgets to post all those positions. And when one company posts a position, that usually means that another company is going to be losing an employee. So now what we have here is a wide open job market. (laughs) Now, a a season that you really don't want to look for a job is going to be during the summer or the holiday seasons. It's a terrible time to look for a job. And so if you've had it with your current job, just try not to quit during the summer. Just take a vacation instead (laughs) because there's not going to be a lot of job openings during that time. So now let's put our boots on as we go deeper into the second piece of advice before looking for a job. Take time to reflect and pinpoint your purpose, your passions, and your skills. Nothing makes it harder to get out of the bed in the morning. And you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Those days where you're just like, oh, I just can't even. Nothing makes it harder to get out of the bed in the morning than doing a job you don't enjoy. That you don't have a higher calling in or and (laughs) you don't have the skills to do. In other words. Don't chase a title or a paycheck, but follow a calling. Did you know, I used to teach gifted and talented, and I've literally taught every single subject. And I used to teach Latin. I know, very odd, random fact about me. But we would look at root words a lot in Latin. And the Latin root word for vocation is vocare, or vocare, if you wanted to speak with an accent. But vocare means to call or calling. And it's also related to the root word vox, meaning voice. So your job isn't just important so you're able to buy that next, you know, Samsung or iPhone upgrade. It represents your vocation. And your vocation is your calling. It's your voice to the world. Before you start looking for an actual job, 
take time to truly think about what skills you've learned along the way until now, what passions and interests you have, and what purpose you feel like you've been called to. Now, I know those sound huge, and I definitely don't want to misrepresent what skills, passion, and purpose look or feel like. Usually you don't get to see them in 2020 until hindsight. But for example, no one ever says to themselves, I want to work at a landfill and I want to go through people's trash. (laughs) People don't typically say that, but we have people that work in that industry. But I bet a lot of you might say, you know, I feel called to be a good steward of the earth. So I want to work to find ways to reduce trash. You know, there's an example. Here's another one. You know, I want to read and redline contracts. Said no one ever. (laughs) But maybe some of y'all are saying, I want to help people communicate clearly and effectively so they can go about doing whatever amazing things it is that they do. Now, some of you may feel called to that, clarity and communication. So when you reflect, don't focus on looking for a job. Focus on looking for your calling. Now, my example is, I always felt called to teach and encourage. I have a huge heart for helping people believe in themselves and to find ways to improve their lives. So I started my career, guess what? As a teacher, right? I was teaching kids and I adore kids. I truly do. But honestly, my passion is encouraging adults. That's my calling. That's my purpose. And I found it over years of, guess what? Teaching kids. (laughs) But I found my purpose or my voice in encouraging adults specifically in leadership. And my skills, well, those are constantly being refined every single day. But my skill is really coaching others through their situations. And again, a coach doesn't have all the answers, but they're willing to sit with you in your funk and talk it out so that together we can figure out where to go. So put all those together. And I have my job of being a leadership coach with the podcast. And I get to encourage all of you awesome people out there. And let me tell you, I have no trouble getting out of bed every morning to go to work because I'm stepping into my purpose with passion and utilizing my skill sets. Again, I don't want to mislead you. Don't think that you can spend one afternoon like really reflecting and be like, oh, and the clouds open up and the sunlight comes down. I know what I meant to do. It usually just doesn't come out that clean. (laughs) A lot of times it just takes really reflecting on what kind of calling do I have on my heart? What has God put in me? that I love to do and I love to help people do. And it's usually a broader skill set that can be applied in multiple industries, right? Coaching, teaching, encouraging. I could do that in almost any, any industry and be happy. I just happen to find that I enjoy and passionate about leadership. And it took me, I don't know, 18, 20 years to get there. So don't think that you're going to have this beautiful, clear answer, but start working on it and it'll start taking shape. So again, my second piece of advice is to know your purpose, or at least be looking for it. Discover your passions, your skills, and also know your hiring seasons. Up to this point, you've just been thinking about looking for a job. Well, now we got to transition to, okay, you're actually looking for a job, right? And you want to apply for one. So my third piece of advice has to do with how to build your resume. And for this piece of advice, I'm really going to give you a must do because it's important. So my third piece of advice is to write your resume for the job you're applying for, not 
the job you already have. Y'all, I am amazed at how many people turn in a standard resume that they've had for years and only updated, you know, the dates of their current employment, and they apply to tons of different jobs in tons of different industries, and it's the same template, the same resume. Most applicants' resumes, honestly, are just a list of facts about what they do in their current job. They're not writing a persuasive resume showcasing the skills that they've developed that actually apply to the job that they are indeed applying for. So for example, I was serving on a children's director pastor hiring committee at church, and several of our applicants only listed their current jobs. Jobs like engineer software designer, cosmetologist, and social media manager. Now, don't get me wrong. There's absolutely nothing wrong with those professions. But what in the world (laughs) do they tell me about how well you lead kids in ministry at church? They're not connected. And to add insult to injury, they used a ton of jargon and acronyms from their previous jobs and organizations, and I had no idea what they meant. You know, here's the truth you need to know about hiring supervisors. They're not going to take the time to connect the dots of what job you had and how those skills will transfer to the role they're hiring for. Now, I can't help but think of Michael Scott in the office. And, you know, he's having this conversation. He's like, wait, stop. Explain it to me like I'm five. And I feel like when you're writing your resume, you're not dumbing down your words, your vocabulary. For sure, you're not doing that, but you've got to connect the dots for sure. You've got to show the hiring supervisor, these are the skills that I've learned in my previous jobs, and this is how it's applied to the job I'm applying for, the one that you're looking for. I'm your person because I have these skill sets. So think of it in that regard. Explain it like you're explaining it to Michael, like he's five. Now, again, Your resume must do is to write the resume for the job you're applying for, not the job you already have. So connect the dots for the hiring supervisor by telling them how you've developed the skills that they're looking for in an employee. Again, it's your job as the applicant to connect the dots. So put yourself in the shoes of the hiring supervisor and think, okay, what skills, what type of employee might the hiring supervisor need or want for this role? And then think, how can I showcase that I've actually developed these skills, think hard and soft skills, with my current or previous positions? So again, the resume must do is to write the resume for the job that you're applying for, not the job you already have. Connect those dots. Switching to my fourth piece of advice, it has to do with the interview. And like with the resume, I'm going to give you a must-do again because it's important. So my fourth piece of advice is to practice for the interview. It is so hard to watch someone crash and burn in an interview. I've witnessed people say, literally in an interview, I thought I'd just throw my name in the hat. Uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're telling me you're not super passionate about this? You're telling me that this is not something that you really want to come in and make positive change in. You're just, ah, just seems like the obvious next step. When you say those words in an interview, I'm not going to hire you. You're not showing me passion for the role. I've also witnessed people go off on some of the most crazy tangents where they literally give me their life story that has nothing to do with the job or showcasing their skills. What they're doing is just showcasing they're crazy. So. Make sure that you tuck all that in and don't go off on tangents. 
Put your best foot forward in answering the question showing your professionalism. Don't, because of nerves, go off on crazy tangents. I've also witnessed a lot of people just honestly not answer the question at all. (laughs) They just totally breeze over it. And hiring supervisors, especially if they've done this enough, y'all, they smell out the BS every time. So don't do it. Answer the question. I've also witnessed people badmouth and blame their previous supervisors and coworkers or their, you know, last organization or company. When you badmouth people, now I've got an integrity issue with you, right? Who comes in and just, you know, bashes other people to make themselves look good? I don't want you on my team because that's what you're going to bring into my team. And we don't do that here. Now, I've also witnessed people. This one broke my heart. I just couldn't believe it. They took credit for another person's work on a project. I know the world is big, but the industry is small and people talk and people talk to each other. We're calling references. We're going to ask those questions. And this person legit took credit for something that they didn't do. So yeah, you're a liar. Again, integrity issue. So here's the truth that you really need to know about hiring supervisors. Their top priority is that you're honest, integrity filled, and really just a likable person with a teachable heart and a great work ethic. So why those things? We would, you know, kind of call those soft skills, but why? Because they can always teach you the technical skills, right? Again, I think of Michael Scott where he's just kind of looking at Toby's like, why are you the way that you are? That's really what they're looking for in the interview. Yes, you do have to have some technical skills, but for the most part, it's about who you are as a person. Are you honest, filled with integrity? Are you likable? Do you have a teachable heart? Do you have a great work ethic? I can teach you all the other stuff. So again, you need to practice your interview so that you bring those to the table and practice various question types. You know they're going to ask you something technical. Most of them aren't, though. They are going to ask you one or two technical questions. They're going to ask you about industry problems. There's another set of questions. They're going to ask you about soft skills and leadership. You know, they're going to say, talk to me about collaboration within a team. And then they're going to ask you those behavioral questions. Tell me about a time you failed. So make sure that you practice those questions and then get feedback. Did you answer the question in a concise way where you gave a short example with your answer? How was your speed? How was your tone? Did you have any verbal and nonverbal tics? You know, um, like... I tend to be uh, Matthew McConaughey and say, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> That's one of my tick words I'm, I'm trying to catch, even in this podcast. You know, did you ramble and go off on tangents? By practicing your interview, you're naturally going to go into the interview with such a greater level of confidence of who you are and what you have to offer the company. So practice. Okay, employees, we've gone through four things that I really need you to know and think about. So let's recap what we've learned about getting hired. One, my first piece of advice is to have a more honest and zoomed out approach when it comes to job openings by recognizing that there is no perfect job, no perfect boss, and no perfect company. Perfection does not exist. Number two, my second piece of advice is to know your purpose, your passions, your skills, and your seasons when looking for a job. It won't come into true clarity just yet, but start asking those questions and reflecting. My third piece of advice is to write your resume for the job you're applying for, not the job you already have. Connect 
those dots for the hiring supervisor. Show them how you have the skills that they need in their position for their job. And my fourth piece of advice is to practice the interview. Get feedback on those questions and how you're coming across. And it's going to help you with your confidence of stepping into the interview. Now, I want you to know that this episode really only touched the tip of the iceberg of the advice that I really have to give you about what hiring supervisors are really looking for. So if you want the whole iceberg, <laughs> then go to leadershiponderocks.com promoted and get access to a free webinar where I explained way more about what hiring supervisors are looking for when they're hiring. So again, you can get all the secrets behind the hiring process by going to leadershiponderocks.com slash promoted, and you're going to have that webinar instantly. As you continue on your journey looking for the job, I pray that you reflect on the four pieces of advice that I gave you, but make sure that you're not just chasing a title and a paycheck. That's not what you're meant to chase. It's not part of your identity. I wish you the best of luck, and until next time, Continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men.